Welcome to Leadership Network's Future Church Podcast, a podcast with groundbreaking ideas curated just for you. With the need for the gospel in our generation, we must not look for a silver bullet approach. We believe there are many expressions of the local church. Learn how today's thought leaders are navigating the future of the church, 21st century solutions to 21st century challenges. We help leaders get the clarity needed to move from good ideas and intentions to results and impact. For more information about Leadership Network's resources, is to help you pursue healthy growth and 100x impact, visit leadnet.org. Welcome to the Leadership Network Future Church Podcast. My name is Hal Mayer, and today I'm talking with Brett Welshmer with Johnny and Friends. Afternoon, Brett. Good afternoon, Hal. Nice to be with you today. Well, tell me a little bit about you. Well, I grew up in a family that was not church attending or Christ following. God pulled me out of that family by the wonderful drawing of his Holy Spirit. And that transformed my life completely. And through that, um, just gave my heart to building God's kingdom. Started out uh, in ministry with crew, then served in the local church for about 19 years. My passion is discipleship and counseling. And um, been married a long time, 42 years, got four adult children. I got five grandsons and God is good. You're loaded up, man. So Johnny and friends, give us a little history about Johnny, because I'm not sure everybody knows. I'm very familiar with it, uh, with her because of the story she came out with years ago. But I'm not sure everybody right now does. And then we'll jump into what your ministry is doing. So go ahead. That's great. Yeah, so the founder of Johnny and Friends is Johnny Erickson Tata, and she is the youngest of four girls in her family, and her daddy always wanted a boy, so she was Johnny, even though it's spelled J-O-N-I. And when she was 19, very athletic, just graduated high school, and she took a dive off of a swim platform in the Chesapeake Bay. Something had shifted in the night, and it was a lot shallower than she thought. And she dove in and she broke her neck at at the age of, I said 19, actually 17 years old. So she has now been a quadriplegic with no use of her hands or her legs for the last 56 years. We just celebrated her 56th anniversary as a wheelchair user. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, she was really depressed, really hopeless. She knew Christ, but had really never fully given her life to Christ. And in that crisis of how do I live as a quadriplegic, God got a hold of her heart. And her cry was, God, if I can't die, show me how to live. Oh, that's good. God revealed his goodness in the midst of her suffering. And God has used her tremendously in the last 56 years to build his kingdom. She's an author. She's a mouth artist, one of the most gifted artists I know. She's a recording vocalist. She's written over 40 books. And she is well into her her 70s and still shows up to work every day. Wow. Wow. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing. What what edge of the ministry are you doing with Johnny? Sure. Um, I am the director of ministry relations. Now, what, what the heck is that? Ministry Relations is all about coming alongside the local church and helping them to understand how to welcome and include individuals and families living with disability. 
And I'll tell you, I served in pastoral ministry for 19 years. I grew up in a family affected by disability myself. My sister had a significant physical disability. But quite honestly, as a pastor, I never understood the barriers that we as the church inadvertently put up to basically say to people with disabilities, you're you're not welcome in our churches. And when I came to work for Johnny and Friends, my first job was to manage our response department. And we have over 1,000 people a month that contact Johnny and Friends because of disability in one form or another. And when I looked at our mission, our mission says to glorify God as we communicate the gospel and mobilize the global church to evangelize, disciple, and serve people living with disability. And every person that would reach out to our ministry living with a disability, all I could say in my heart is the best thing we can give them is a church that would welcome them, help them find a place of belonging, a place of service. And I just kept saying to the other leadership at Johnny and Friends, hey, the church, how can we be more strategic? And you whisper stuff like that long enough, they give you the job. That's how I got into this role, because I'm passionate about seeing the local church understand um, how to welcome and include people with disabilities. So tell me about a local church that you helped get started and maybe some of the results they're seeing. You know, there's a, a, a church that I was involved with for seven years, um, and it's a, it's a big church. And it took, honestly, and it doesn't have to be there, but for this church, it took over over 10 years to see the culture of that church grow to a place where they understood how normal it is and how biblical it is to welcome people with disabilities into the church, to recognize that they are an important part of the body. When we look at 1 Corinthians 12, it says every part's important. We need every one of us, every one of God's creation in our church for all the gifts that we need to be there. So this church started receiving some people with disability and they were kind of overwhelmed with the whole idea of it, but they actually um, contacted Johnny and friends and said, hey, can you help us figure this thing out? So we started to partner with them and talk to them about what that's all about. And over the course of the years, the culture in that church changed from a place of really, we see most churches start at a place of unawareness. They simply don't know uh, what it's like to be a family affected by disability. When you start understanding what that's all about, you start evaluating, gosh, why aren't there people with disabilities in our church? And that's what this local church did. They started saying, well, why why aren't they here? So they started talking to the people with disabilities and say, hey, what do you need? to be a fully engaged member of our church. And by listening to them, they started making changes. So, you know, what what does that look like? You may have a a son that you're bringing to church who has autism and real challenges with uh, being overstimulated from what it looks like to go to worship in the kids' ministry, right? It's the lights, it's the music, but he would do great during the Bible story. He would do great. During the craft time, he'd do great on the playground, but worship just blew his mind. Well, what do you need? Well, you know what? He needs a quiet place to be during the worship time. So that church made an arrangement. They had a space for him and others like him to be during the kids' worship, but then he could join join back in. So it's just how you as a church leadership say to your church, you know what? 
There's 61 million people affected by disability in the United States. That's one in five people. That's wow. one in three families. Wait, wait a minute. Slow that down and say it again. I was not aware of that. 61 million people, according to the CDC in the United States, live with a disability. That's one in five people. Wow. One in three families. And if we're honest and look at our churches, do one in five people in your church have a disability? Now, it may be an invisible disability and you wouldn't know it. It might be a visible disability. So invisible disabilities could be like autism is often invisible. You know, in the old days, we looked at people with autism. They're just odd. Now we expect, expect they're unique. But wow, when you get to know them, what a gift. Yes. Um, so it's that that whole thing. So um, that's that journey of of um, recognizing there's this huge population of people that aren't in our churches and they need to know Jesus. And if we believe in the Great Commission and we believe in the Great Command, then we want to figure out how to say you're welcome in our church. So how long have you been doing this side with Johnny and friends, work with a local church? It's about... Four to five years where we have been building a strategic plan for doing this across the country. We've done it piecemeal over the years. We just haven't done it strategically and well. But now we have a very clear, simple path to say to a group of church leaders, hey, let us help you as church leaders to understand first um, this training that we, we provide for church leaders. First says, how do I prepare my church? to be welcoming to people with all abilities, because it takes a cultural shift to go right. from unawareness to evaluation, to providing care, and then actually saying, hey, I can be friends with people with disabilities. And right. out of friendship, how do we help people with disabilities find their place of service in the church? So it's first saying to church leaders, hey, how do, how do I t- explain to my church God's heart, God's plan? How do we become a church that culturally says we want everybody here? And then two, as leaders, how do we support those that are then coming alongside those and doing ministry with people with disability? And through this really um, easy to follow training, we help churches get ready and then leaders know how to support. And then we'll do the practical training of what does it look like to have kids with disabilities in your children's ministry? What does it look like to have uh, adults in your men's ministry, your women's ministry, your small groups? What are the supports that you need to provide in order to make that happen? What barriers do we need to knock down, whether they're physical, something as simple as a ramp? Right. Uh, like if you want somebody with a disability, with a mobility issue to come onto your platform on Sunday morning, read from God's word, teach God's word, be on the worship team, they have to get on the platform, right? It's simple. <laughs> but other things uh, culturally, you know, what do, what do we think when we meet somebody who's nonverbal? Does that mean they have an intellectual disability? Probably not. But how do we treat them if they're nonverbal? Those kinds of things. That's cool. So, uh, what's a big learning you've got as you've moved toward this in the last four or five years? What's a big aha you've captured, you've seen happen uh, for you as you're trying to help churches engage that community? I think the biggest aha is that those of us that don't have disabilities don't know what we don't know. So yeah. we make assumptions. Like one of the guys that works on my team has spina bifida. He's a wheelchair user. He's used his wheelchair since he was a small boy. 
He has a bachelor's from Texas A&M in business. He has a master's from Dallas Theological Seminary. Um, and his biggest challenge in life every day is people assuming he has an intellectual disability. Uh-huh. So he'll be like in the grocery store and people will look at him and say, you're, you're grocery shopping? And he's like, well, how else am I going to get groceries in my house? Wow. So it's as, as church leaders, as church members, we don't know what we don't know. So once people recognize people with disabilities are just people <laughs> that need right. to be known, that need to be loved, and need to be welcomed, then the church is great at including people. But until we get past that point of unawareness, you could even say ignorance about the disability community, we're not gonna be prepared to welcome and include them. If you're like most leaders, no one ever actually taught you how to lead a church. Even if you ace seminary, there are so many unanswered questions and problems that no one equipped you for. It's time to take the mystery out of leading your church forward. The Art of Leadership Academy is an online learning community created by Carrie Newhoff. Inside, you'll find a host of premium on-demand courses and the strategies and insights you need to lead and grow your church. Plus, the Art of Leadership Academy offers community hosted by qualified experts and peer-to-peer learning. And you'll get live monthly coaching and done-for-you staff training, all for $397 a year. That's it. No catch. Think of it as the best investment in leadership development you'll make all year. Go to theartofleadershipacademy.com to sign up. That's theartofleadershipacademy.com to learn more and to get instant access. That number just blows me away that you gave one in five people, one in three families. And I think, you know, I've seen deaf ministry in a church. That's probably the most common. But I don't haven't seen the others that would, would touch those. Other times, every once in a while, we'll have a, a child or two come in with autism and we'll need to do something there. But I, I guess churches by and large, I guess we're blind to what you're just saying. We, we, we look with the eyes of the people we hang out with. Exactly. So, you know, if we're honest, we like to be with people that look like us, talk like us, and act like us. And when you welcome people with disabilities into your life, they may sound different, they may act different, they may experience life differently, but they're rich people. And what we see in churches that go through this process of culture change from unawareness to evaluation, to caring, to friendship, to seeing people with disabilities contributing into the ministry of the church, churches become alive. There is an energy because it aligns with God's heart in such a way that when you have that expression of love to people that are different than you, the spirit just does something that you can't explain except that it's God. Yeah, we have limited diversity fairly much just to be about skin pigmentation and and language we use and gender, but we really haven't thought in the arena of disability being a part of diversity. It's it is so true. And and again, where God is using this movement in America right now as it relates to uh, evaluating diversity, equity, and inclusion, right. the disability community is very much benefiting from that because we're thinking differently okay. as the church. And uh, you know, in the church that I'm serving in right now, we've seen a number of uh, younger 
men coming into our church with intellectual disability because because one mom during COVID came to Christ in our church. She had a son uh, with an intellectual disability, and she was actually training to be a volunteer with our elementary kids because she basically raised a son with a disability. And she said, well, what do you have for my son? He was 18 at the time. And we said, oh, you have a son who's 18. Well, you know what? We want him here. So we figured it out. So what we do with this group, so then he invited all of his friends, which is awesome. But what we figured out is they really enjoy and connect with the worship. So we join the whole congregation for worship. And then we slip out and we do a Bible study that is appropriate for this group of men with their intellectual ability. And then we slip back in at the end to do the final song, to receive the blessing that the pastor gives us. And then we go right out into the foyer with everybody else and we're hanging out so that these young men can be known. Now, where we still need to go is helping them find their place of ministry in the church. So we're we're moving through that process of culture change. We've gotten to care. We're doing a little bit of friendship, but we haven't got to where we're inviting them into that place of service. That's really good. I just here because I know people come through relationships. And one of the things I have seen, and I'm going back only because I have more experience in deaf ministry, but when you touch into a deaf community, they bring their friends. And so you're finding the same thing with every other disability, right? Exactly. And I think the thing to remember, too, that may be different from the deaf community is you take a family with a child with an intellectual disability or a developmental disability. If the church isn't welcoming to that child, right. mom can't come, dad can't come, siblings can't come. So when we welcome that one child or that one adult, we are welcoming the whole family And I'll tell you, the disability community is pretty untrusting as a whole because they're continually being watched, criticized, made fun of, excluded. And to our own shame as the local church, too many times the local church will say to a family with a child that maybe has sensory issues that they don't know how to manage. So they just tell the parents, don't come back. Can't imagine, but don't come back. So once we start welcoming these families, they have a whole circle of relationships. And they're going to start saying, you know what, this church we're going to, they want you. Come. So we're, the disability community is likely the largest hidden people, unreached group in the world today. Wow. And we have an opportunity through the local church right here in the United States to reach that people group. Very, very good. So your drive is to, help them be included and, and come to faith, obviously, get a chance of ministry and grow. What's another challenge that you guys may have? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're trying to talk to churches. When you talk to them, what is the challenge you face to get them to go, yeah, we need to do this? When you go to a church leader and how you've been in ministry for years, you know, some, some parachurch organization comes along and says, I want you to do this. And what do you think? Right. You want my money. You need me to add staff and you're going to have, I need space. And the answer to those, all three of those is none of that is true. And I don't even like to say the word disability ministry. I like to say serving individuals and families living with disability. And the message to the local church is you're doing great ministry already. 
You right. have a great children's ministry. You have a great men's ministry. How do you expand that ministry to include people that are living with disabilities? It's what supports do those individuals need to do what their peers are doing, when their peers are doing it, where their peers are doing it. So that this confrontation is that we're, we're not asking you to start something new. You're already doing it. How do you expand that to include? So that's a barrier that can be overcome to me very, very easily when we think of it in those terms. So if I'm a local church, how do I get a hold of you? And let's start there. Where do we, how do we get a hold of you? If we say, well, jump jump on our website, Johnny and Friends, J O N I A N D F R I E N D S dot org. And if you just put slash church, you'll get to all our church training resources. We have 24 offices across the country. We have people in our offices dedicated to coming alongside the local church. And our heart to come alongside the church is to serve your church to fulfill your mission as it includes people with disabilities. So we don't want to change a church. We don't want to make you do anything you don't want to do. We want to say, what's your mission? How do people with disabilities fit into it? How do we help you fulfill that mission? And then within the geographic regions that we're working, we are building networks where those in your church that are responsible for making sure people with disabilities are included can gather together on a monthly basis for support. Those networks come together, you know, ideally they're within a 30 minute drive at the most, but it's for training, it's for encouragement, it's for collaboration. So we're willing to come alongside your church directly to say, what is your felt need as it relates to disability? How can we meet that for you? And then as, that, as you're doing that, connect with other church leaders in your community and support one another. And I really, what we're seeing through our, the networks, we have over network, 30 networks across the United States right now, is that these groups of churches that understand God's heart recognize that God has called them as a group of churches to reach the disability community in their geographic area. So now we've got unity within the body of Christ serving together to reach a group of people that Jesus clearly cares about because he spent a whole lot of time with people with disabilities when we read through the New Testament. Excellent. Man, I, I love what you're doing. I, I remember hearing you uh, present and just going, wow, I didn't know anybody was in that lane helping people. But it makes sense when it said Johnny and Friends, because I remember her story way back when I just became a Christian. So uh, that is so, I didn't realize it was horse. I thought it was horseback riding, but ah. it was, but I lived up in that area. So I, that's interesting. For, Shallow for, dive into the Chesapeake Bay. And Johnny will be the first one to say, you know, at that time, she thought her life was over. And she'll say now, after 56 years, I would not trade being wow. on my feet for the sweetness that I have with Jesus today wow. and how he's used my life-changing experience to build his kingdom because we also deliver wheelchairs all around the world. We've delivered over 200,000 wheelchairs in developing oh, wow. countries around the world. We do family camps for families living with disability across the United States and internationally. Um, and all of those things, to God be the glory, because Johnny took a shallow dive <laughs> into right. the Chesapeake Bay. Right. 
Yeah, that's Romans 8, 28 to the next level, right? It is. And as hard as it is, we don't like it as American Christians, but if you read your Bible, suffering is normal. Suffering right. is good. Suffering is part of the journey. And um, disability is one of the ways that people suffer until we get to be in the presence of Jesus. Well, Brett, is there anything I left out in asking questions you'd, you'd want to make sure you had an opportunity to say to everybody? I think the biggest thing is, please, as, as a church leader, consider first and foremost who's in your church already that's living with disability and talk to them, talk to their family, find out how you can better see them included in the life of your church. And, and that's where we start. Who's already there? Um, the second question would be of the people in your own church family, who's not there? What mom or dad is staying home to be with a child or a parent yeah. or a spouse and find out who's not there and uh, what supports would it take? What would it take for your whole family to come? And what you really, you know, my wife and I served in a specialized classroom for children with uh, significant disabilities every Sunday for seven years in the, until we God moved us to a new, new community. And I cannot tell you the joy that comes on a mom and a dad's face when they say, we've got oh, this. I bet. We've got this. Go to church. <laughs> right. They get 90 minutes to be with Jesus, to be with other believers. And their kids, other kids get to go to children's ministry and don't have to think about that brother or sister because they know they're loved and cared for. So and then the third question would be is who would those in your church invite to come with them if they knew those families would be welcome right. and supported in their presence? Oh man, so good. Thank you for your time today as uh, we're listening in on this podcast and, and God's best to you and Johnny and friends as you continue to run this important ministry, Brett. Well, thank you so much, Hal. And come visit our church training resource pages, johnnyandfriends.org slash church.